0: of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. I'm your host, Dori DiCarlo, and you know we are here week after week, show after show, breaking those myths that mompreneurs and business women, especially those of us building our businesses from home, that we are just dabbling in between bake sales and getting our nails done, we're not. We are smart, we are savvy, and we are sharing the wisdom of women in business and in life And I am so thrilled to be bringing today's guest here on the Author's Alley. Marty Ruhle is the author of Goodbye, Natalie, Goodbye, Splendor, which she published in 2009 with Dennis DeVern, the former captain of the boat Splendor, where Natalie Wood lost her life. And she is an advocate behind getting the Natalie Wood case reopened in 2011. Marty is the mother of three, grandmother of 10, who lives in New Jersey and is currently working on a follow-up book about her continued personal investigation to reveal what has been uncovered since the authorities reopened the Natalie Wood case. I have to say on a personal note, those of you who know that I had been part of the Three Wise Girls back in 2009, that's where I first met Marty when she first wrote this book. She and Dennis Devern came on the show to share this, and it has been remarkable to watch what she has accomplished, and Dennis, in getting this case reopened. So, with all that being said, Marty, welcome to Word of Mom Radio.
1: Thank you. I'm happy to be here, and I appreciate you having me.
0: No, it is my honor, and and I have to ask, because November was 40 years since Natalie Wood's death. Yes. Why is this still such an important story? It's
1: still important even 40 years later because true justice has really still been denied to Natalie Wood. And there are certain old Hollywood stars, um, movie stars, the big movie stars from the time Hollywood was emerging who are simply timeless and unforgettable, and Natalie Wood is one of them. And in old Hollywood, it was customary for studios to protect their biggest stars at all costs by helping them to hide their indiscretions. And through the years, some celebrities, so to speak, got away with murder and at times literally got away with murder. And Hollywood started changing probably in the mid-1960s, And that's when Natalie Wood was one of the stars who helped the transition along. But even by 1981, some things hadn't changed enough. And in particular, when authorities showed up at Natalie Wood's death scene, the last thing on anyone's mind was the possibility of foul play. Natalie was denied a proper investigation, most likely because of her celebrity, and, yes, that is still important to this day. And even though it came late, at least her closed case was reopened, and it remains open to this day.
0: How did you become involved in the story of Natalie's death?
1: Well, I was longtime friends with Dennis DeVerne who was um, – the captain slash caretaker of the splendor. A lot of people called him the captain, but technically Robert Wagner was the chief. Dennis called him chief. He was the boss, he was the um, legal captain and owner of the splendor. But everyone calls uh, Dennis Captain Dennis Deverne. And though I was always a Natalie Wood fan, Um, And when my friend Dennis started working as uh, the boat captain for the Wagners, I was so happy for him. I mean, he loved Natalie and RJ, and he became a true family friend of theirs. Um, He would visit their house. He, He knew them very well. He was the one who spent a lot of private time with Natalie on the boat because she didn't like to leave the uh, wheelhouse when other people were doing water sports and everything like that and swimming. Natalie didn't like dark water. And Dennis being a friend of mine, you know, he would always tell me fun things about the outings on the boat and things about Natalie and the celebrities he met. And then when I heard on the TV news about Natalie being found floating in the ocean, and found dead, I was, I was devastated for everyone involved. But a, a strange thing happened afterward. Uh, Dennis never said a word about the fateful Thanksgiving weekend in 1981 when Natalie died. Not a word. He was totally silent about it with his friends and family, and no one in his family or friends asked him any questions. And my antenna went up. Uh, that wasn't like Dennis. Uh, I knew he was hiding something almost from day one of hearing about Natalie's death because he called no one. And, you know, later I found out he was being basically held captive by, captive by Robert Wagner. And uh, But the news of the death in itself was strange because Natalie had always publicly talked about her deathly fear of water. And how odd to have died that way and you would think she would have been one of the more careful people around water with because of her fears and um then dennis's silence topped off my suspicions but it took uh, probably about a year before dennis started calling me and hinting that there was a lot more to tell about the tragic weekend And he trusted me, even though I worked for a newspaper at the time, but he knew I would never reveal anything that he was telling me privately. So I never doubted Dennis's words. I believed everything he told me was true, because it all made sense. And he was so devastated over Natalie's death, you could tell he needed to confess something. And he confessed it to me. And told me foul play was involved without many details at first, but he actually said foul play was involved. And at that point, and this is like 1982, a year after Natalie's death, um, we immediately contacted the authorities, and Dennis wanted to meet with them and tell them what had really happened. He had been asked by Robert Wagner to remain Completely quiet about everything, and he went along with that. I mean, he was in a state of shock and fear, and he didn't know what to do, but he knew it wasn't right by staying quiet. So, we contacted authorities, but they looked the other way, almost as if protecting their own for a botched case or still helping to protect celebrity. It was still the thing to do back then so that back in the 1980s is when i started writing a book the book that wasn't published until 2009 no one was interested in this dangerous story there was just some high profile people involved in it and no one wanted to listen to us um exposing a very popular tv star like robert wagner at the time it was unheard of But I pursued it, and I started my own private investigation, and I did my own forensic tests. I interviewed so many people. And then finally in 2009 our book was published, but even that didn't help the case. Um, So I collected testimonial statements from everyone I had interviewed. And I also included my own reports of basic forensics and information I had collected. And we submitted it to the authorities, and it was a package they could not deny. Even in 2011, Natalie's case was reopened, and the case is still open. And Robert Wagner was named a person of interest in Natalie's death just a couple of years ago.
0: It's amazing to me. What you have done to get this case reopened, the fact that you conducted all kinds of interviews and forensics and and everything else because they were happy to just say, yep, accidental drowning. And, you know, it's interesting because I remember, and I don't remember if it was because of her death and they were replaying things or if it was just something that I had seen before, but I remember the interviews of her saying how she was always so afraid of the dark waters.
1: Yes, and that dates back to her mother. Um, Natalie has, uh, you know, there's this legend behind the legend. You know, her family um, immigrated from Russia. And during the revolution, her uh, her ancestors came here. But her mother, when she was traveling from Russia um, to the United States, she stayed in China for a bit. And as the story goes, um, had met a fortune teller, a gypsy, who claimed um, that – and Natalie's mother, Maria, also had a daughter at the time, Natalie's oldest sister, Olga – and um the gypsy supposedly told Natalie's mother that her second daughter would grow up to be beautiful and world renowned and a fa- and famous and but also to avoid dark water at all cost so maria instilled this fear of dark water into all of her daughters um Olga and Natalie are half-sisters, but Natalie has a sister, Lana, and they grew up with all of their mother's superstitions and fears, but the ironic part of it, I mean, you can't make these things up. Everything this gypsy supposedly told Maria came true now as the part for natalie becoming a movie star uh maria was a stage mom she did take her to auditions and and use her um well she didn't really have influence but she was a determined woman
0: we're going to take a quick break say thank you to our sponsors and we'll be back in just a moment here on word of mom radio she is brave she is strong she is you Because you're that woman who's got a product or a service that you're looking to promote. Or you're out there seeking to support other women in business. To help women learn, network, and build the businesses of their dreams. Because when you win So take a look at stadiumbags.com. You'll see why you we're your clear choice. Cause safety, it's in the bag. And we're back on Word of Mom Radio with Marty Ruley talking about her book, Goodbye Natalie, Goodbye Splendor.
1: I just love what you're promoting, and the oh, the part about bullying. I mean, that's part of this story. Robert Wagner was the biggest bully of all time.
0: <laughs> well, there you go, Marty. What happened the night of Natalie's death?
1: It was supposed to be a nice holiday weekend. Natalie had been in North Carolina filming Brainstorm with Christopher Walken and she just wanted she couldn't wait to get home for the holiday season. And she was happy to be home. And they just had a few scenes to shoot at the studios. So Christopher Walken who lived on the east coast stayed in LA so they could get the movie finished the week after Thanksgiving and Natalie was uh going to start have her stage debut as Anastasia. Ironically the you know story of the Russian um you know whatever happened to Anastasia with the revolution and Natalie was going to play the lead. And all of that did not happen because Natalie Wood ended up in the ocean. But so she invited Christopher Walken aboard the boat, just like the family always invited their co-stars for our pleasure cruise. And Natalie wanted to get some early Christmas shopping done in Avalon on Catalina Island. And none of that would happen because Robert Wagner was so annoyed that his wife, Invited her co-star and they were ready to um, have a nice weekend when Robert Wagner just built the tension and he was extremely jealous of Christopher and so the jealousy prevailed and ended up with Natalie um, going on Friday night um, to the island to spend in a hotel room with Dennis DeVern. Um, They got into an argument Friday night of the cruise, Black Friday. They had done some shopping on the island that day and had dinner on the boat, and then Robert Wagner wanted to move the boat to the more secluded part of the island, 20-some miles away, and Natalie refused to allow him to move the boat in the dark of night. It was cold and raining, and the water was choppy, and so she left the boat with Dennis. She was that upset about it. And and then on Saturday morning, Natalie wanted to catch a seaplane from Avalon and actually fly back to the mainland. She was done with the weekend. She figured Dennis and Christopher and RJ could bring the boat back in, And but she couldn't get a seaplane. So she and Dennis returned to the yacht. Natalie made breakfast. Everything seemed to just disappear from the night before. And everything seemed cheery and lighthearted again for about an hour. As they did cruise to the part of the island R.J. wanted to go to the night before. And that night after, well, after they got to two harbors at the Isthmus, Natalie went ashore with Christopher. And R.J. and Dennis met up with them for dinner Late in the afternoon They had a couple of cocktail hours Then they had dinner And they went back to the Splendor And everything still seemed okay But it was still tense And then just as they all settled Into the main salon In the middle of uh conversation Robert Wagner picked up An open wine bottle Smashed it on the coffee table Started screaming at Christopher Walken Accusing him of wanting to have sex with Natalie, and just saying things that mortified Natalie. Christopher, he stood up, stepped outside for a second on the side deck, came back in, went to his forward cabin, and stayed there for the rest of the night. Natalie went to her main salon, which adjoins the rear deck of the Splendor rj followed and that's when a terrible marital fight broke out i mean they were just screaming at each other and natalie had every right to be mad at him and um dennis he tried to um interrupt well he knocked on the door he just wanted them to stop and rj told him to mind his own business go away. And he said it very sternly, so Dennis did not go away. He went up to the bridge, and he just wanted to, you know, keep an eye on everything. But he couldn't see anything, but he could still hear the arguing and things being thrown around the main salon right below his feet. And so then the argument broke out to the rear deck, and Dennis at that point turned on music just to protect this couple that he knew and loved. He didn't want other people to overhear their arguing. And he waited probably about 10 minutes, and then everything seemed to go silent. He didn't hear any more yelling. It was an eerie night. Dennis went down to the deck, and there was only Robert Wagner on the deck. And Wagner said Natalie was gone, she was missing. And this just blew Dennis away. He didn't. He didn't. He couldn't comprehend it. He, but he searched the entire boat, met back up with Robert Wagner, and Wagner said the dinghy was also gone, and that maybe Natalie had taken it. And they would wait until she came back. Dennis wanted to put on the searchlight. Dennis wanted to call for help. He knew Natalie could not handle that dinghy. He knew she had never taken the dinghy at night, or even knew how to really start the dinghy but it was his only hope that Natalie was okay and and when he persisted on calling for help things got really eerie and strange at that point i mean there was even a sense if if like this is something you'd see in a movie like Dennis had the sense that you know could something happen to me right now i i mean when you think about it later when you you know, what was Robert Wagner doing or thinking? And, you know, was he thinking he could eliminate Dennis, too, and make it look like, well, they spent the night on the island the night before There, Dennis had no clue what was going on in Robert Wagner's mind. So, again, his only hope was that Natalie would return. So he waited, and then about an hour later, more than that, about an hour and a half, he finally convinced r j to call for help, but r j called the island he he called the restaurant, and they were closed, but some people overheard it over the radio, so they got this makeshift search team together to look for Natalie and they went and um, got the harbor master out of bed who went to took a boat out uh, one of the patrol boats out to the Splendor, and insisted on calling the Coast Guard. But Natalie went missing shortly after 11 o'clock, and the Coast Guard was not called until after 3.30 in the morning. So, and, you know, the search went on. They found the dinghy early in the morning at, at daybreak, and then at 7.45, I believe it was, they found Natalie in her red down coat floating in the ocean, and... Wearing only a nightgown and socks and her down coat. It was a bizarre outfit to be found in. And the going um, answer for everything became a banging dinghy that was banging along the side of the boat, disturbing Natalie's sleep, and she went out to adjust it. It was the most far-fetched excuse for a death that has ever been out there but it resonated with people and Robert Wagner started promoting that story the night Natalie went missing as soon as someone showed up on that boat that was Robert Wagner's story and that's what what really happened was the argument on the boat and on the back deck and Dennis coming up on Robert Wagner being the only one left on the rear deck as the arguing was transpiring. So, it took over 4 hours to notify notify the Coast Guard and you think that would have been the first red flag, but it didn't even become any type of flag. When people when the authorities showed up, they were blinded by celebrity. No one believed that Natalie Wood could have been a victim of foul play
0: why would not why would people not believe or want to believe that i don't understand and i mean you know, we have a caller we have a caller on the line i'm going to bring teresa chase in okay. and I, you know i i would love to know what she has to say teresa hi you are live with us this is marty Ruley marty Ruley meet teresa chase
1: hello hi marty how are you?
3: Okay. Hi. Hi. Um, I was listening in, and I've got a lot of, uh, you know, the, my intuition tells me that there's more going on than what you know. That there's a, a third person involved. It's just not Natalie and Jr. And that there, there was something else that happened.
1: You know, with Robert Wagner's, what I have uncovered since and everything that I have learned about Robert Wagner, um, I wouldn't rule anything out. I I am one of the few, and it's based on a lot of conversations I've had with a lot of people and about a lot of things that people know that no one else does, that Robert Wagner probably most likely had planned to somehow sometime eliminate natalie and I truly believe that and all i can i can't um he's never been he's never even been in a courtroom for natalie's um actual death, let alone you know premeditating it but i can tell facts about what i've learned. And let people make up their own mind, but I do not rule anything out when it comes to Robert Wagner, who definitely um, had—I wouldn't know if you'd call it a secret life, but definitely secrets that he kept from the public and probably from his friends and family.
3: It was all the sense I got is is that she felt the need to get to somebody else immediately. And what they were arguing about is not you know, not going back to shore at that time because there was somebody else in need. Well and no, <laughs> that
1: that didn't happen and I know that for a fact because the only person who was aboard the boat that night that was willing to cooperate with the authorities is Dennis Deverne. He has been through ample polygraph tests. And Dennis is not, a lot of people say anyone can beat a polygraph test. That's not true. I mean law enforcement across the nation they depend on yeah. um, polygraph tests. They They know who can beat them and who can't. And believe me, Dennis has been extensively polygraphed. And there were four people on board that night. And I think that Robert Wagner had many insecurities and. Um, troubles in his marriage that were occurring before this particular cruise. And I know that Christopher Walken was in his cabin. I don't know if he heard anything or not, but he was in his cabin, and he did uh, corroborate the bottle-smashing episode because he did see that. But as for the argument on the rear deck, That was Robert Wagner and Natalie Wood going at it, a married couple going at it, and she ended up in the water. And now there is medical and uh, physical evidence that points to uh, Natalie having been unconscious in the water. Now, no one knew this until the case was reopened and they reviewed the original autopsy. So um, how does an unconscious body get into the water? There was only one other person with natalie and that was her husband
3: yeah
0: and that Um, now that 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 had to be because of the amount of water in her lungs correct
1: no it was actually the amount of urine in her bladder if natalie had been conscious when she hit the water she would have released her bladder and it was overlooked Ah. in the original autopsy that her bladder was full
0: that's interesting so you know, there's there's just so much in this.
1: Yeah. There there's really so is so much there's and that's so why in I this. believe that there's so much the public hasn't heard yet and does not know or hears in bits and pieces where the the complete uh line of evidence and story yet you know, is told in bits and pieces or related to this person or that person. I wanna get it down and Uh, chronological order, exactly what happened to Natalie Wood, because whether this case makes it to a courtroom or not, Natalie deserves the truth attached to her legacy. I mean, she was on a pleasure cruise and ended up dead, and there's no true justice for her. At least someone can give her the full truth, and that's what I intend to do.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, what do you feel, you know, Marty, what do you feel people can still learn from this story? Well,
3: well the,
1: <clears throat> what I've been talking about how when they showed up and no one even considered the possibility of foul play, they were blinded by celebrity. Celebrity privilege is changing. There's, and, and, and in part, Dory, because of shows like yours, you know, people are learning about bullies and and husbands who and boyfriends. You know, there's so many stories in the news, these true crime stories that that are unbelievable to people when they hear them. And in Natalie's case, it was like, oh, well, that was Robert Wagner and Natalie Wood. That couldn't have happened. It did happen. And people still don't get it, that this could happen to anybody. These type of things can happen to anybody and to recognize signs that it's, it could happen. I mean, you know, one of the things that Natalie's sister always told me, she was the only one, Lana Wood, who was a, a, not in favor of Natalie remarrying Robert Wagner. They were married twice. And when Natalie was going to remarry him in 1972, Lana is the only one who asked Natalie, why are you doing this? And Natalie's answer was, because the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. Well,
4: that's
1: Ooh. yeah. So that, that's Natalie epic. sort of knew that he. There were things about him. Well, he's a narcissist. I mean, that's obvious. But there's a little psychotic side also. And um, of course, you know, by Natalie saying something like that, she recognized these tendencies and look what happened to her so to recognize tendencies and to learn that it can happen with anybody you, you you know you you have to really have faith and trust and a complete belief in the person you choose to spend the rest of your life with you, you know and or anyone could end up like natalie did and it happens every day and yeah. but, but celebrity if you're a celebrity why, why aren't you paying for it? I see shows week after week on TV where cases with far less evidence than in Natalie's case gets a conviction. Why is Natalie's case, even though re-investigated and the detectives know what happened, they just don't have a DA willing to take it to a courtroom because they want these airtight cases now because things had ter- have turned political. Uh, it's just not fair. So there's still a lot of unfairness connected to Natalie's death, and that's what I think the public can learn still from this um uh, incredible amazing story, a saga that never ends.
3: Well, you know them celebrity did give them give ground um air cover, so to speak, but it also brings uh domestic abuse into the light, the fact that it could happen to Natalie. Exactly, it helps women realize that it doesn't matter, you know, who you are, how much money you do or do not have, or how famous you are or or not. That these things happen. Yes, but you know, it coming to the forefront and justice being done will also empower women to take control over, over their lives and. Take care of, you know, leave situations and seek justice. Exactly, and and for children,
1: Natalie had two young daughters when she died, and they believe their father, um, Robert Wagner, is you know the father of uh, the youngest daughter and the stepfather of the older daughter. Of course, they are adult women now. Um, They are adult children and. Um, But they believe, Robert Wagner, that he could do no harm, that this this story can't be true. And yet, deep down, I mean, until you face truth, there's no freedom from a story like this. There there just isn't. But what children, what they went through... They lost their mother. Natalie was robbed of being able to raise them. And if there's one thing about Natalie, she was a loving, adoring mother. And um, it, it's just such a shame. The The whole story is just this tragedy that um, is never-ending. And Natalie Wood is forever. I mean, you have... Um, Miracle on 34th Street that they did a remake of that went nowhere, which I never understood. And now they've remade West Side Story, which I'm sure is a beautiful production. But it's just this uh, movie that, why are you remaking this? You're never going to steal that movie from Natalie Wood. Natalie Wood is just forever. She's a forever presence.
0: You know, one of my favorites was The Ghost and Mrs. Muir.
3: Yes. Most people don't oh, realize
0: yeah. that she played Anna in that.
3: Yes. And exactly. I, she
0: was, you know, and it's so funny because I grew up with her. I really did. I grew up with her. My grandmother loved black and white movies. So yes. I got to see the old movies that she was in. So many people don't realize that she was one of those people that transitioned from a child actor into a true star. Yeah. And I think for a time people in Hollywood hated her, you know, and, and labeled her box office poison for a little while there. And I never saw one movie. Never. No, she
1: proved that them I wrong.
0: didn't think she was wonderful in
1: she was just really wonderful didn't. in everything she did. She truly was she
0: really was. She
1: she and really beautiful.
0: was. Ugh. You know so Marty, I have to ask, what future outcome do you foresee here
1: with this? Well, the case is still open. It's in a quiet state right now, but it'll never be closed until either solved in a courtroom or the suspect passes away. They do have a suspect and the detectives know what happened to Natalie. And um, what, I hope will happen is that it will still make it to a courtroom. And and believe me, they don't care how old the suspect gets or is. You know, I would suspect if it did make it to a courtroom now, all of a sudden, you you know, Robert Wagner would turn more feeble or at least act that way. I really do – don't think that they would ever be able to proceed with a case. So the only thing really left for Natalie is the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And that's what I hope to get out there. Um, The authorities know what happened to her, and I intend to reveal all of the facts behind this case And I hope hopefully by next year, you know, I'll be able to present that to the public. And it's things the public deserves to know. Why should these things be hidden just because they're not making an arrest on Robert Wagner? These are facts that can be backed up. You know, there's evidence of anything that I will tell. Robert Wagner would have to actually take – us to court to dispute it and any good attorney would let him know he wouldn't win because it's factual and it's a you know it's a very frustrating position to have justice denied to anyone and Natalie's celebrity actually affected her case and I just hope to be able to tell the truth about everything and and the detectives I have no doubt the lead, one lead detective on the case has retired, and the other one should retire soon. But I have no doubt that they will be behind me and stand behind anything I present to the very end, because even they want the truth known in Natalie Wood's case. So hopefully, in the future, if people want to know what really happened to Natalie Wood, the facts will be available because it was such a ripple effect with her death. So many people were affected by it. And other books are being written, and that's great because everyone has, should tell their side of the story and how they were affected. Robert Wagner went after anyone who knew anything about this story. He didn't want anyone telling the truth and even natalie's daughter has a book out and of course in the book she defends her stepfather to the very end but anyone who has children can understand why a loving um daughter would do such a thing but it's not hard in this case to separate what's factual and what's fantasy so that's what I hope to do, is just present the truth behind Natalie's death. Even to this day, it's still needed. There's so much misinformation out there, and it's really, and the detectives always told me this, keep it as simple as it is. It's one of your classic husband-wife
3: tragedy stories. So. Do you think it was deliberate, or if he, you know... It Yeah, you know, it was an accident. Oh, it up. was
1: definitely not an accident. And I happen to believe it was premeditated.
3: Hmm. Why
0: do you
1: well, think you know that? what, Marty?
0: I applaud you that you haven't let this rest. You and Dennis both. That you are trying to get the truth out there, that you are trying to find justice for her. And the fact that it is now considered a possible homicide, those cases never close until they're solved. Those
1: cases never, ever close. For murder one, there is no statute of limitations for murder one.
0: I'm going to ask, please, when your book comes out, when this follow-up book comes out, please come back and and share. I would be
1: happy Uh, to, Dory, because before the case was reopened, I did a show with you um, with the three wise girls and I ha- I remember speaking with all of you and letting you know my goals to get the case reopened and so many people told me that would be impossible well they told me my book, my first book Goodbye Natalie, would be impossible to ever get published and we found a brave independent publisher on uh, Known, you know, one of the biggest e publishing publishers of the nation who took the project on. He knew Natalie. So the book did get published, and everyone told me I would never get the case reopened, and I did get the case reopened, and now they're saying there will never be justice, true justice for Natalie, and it might only get two out of three, but at least there will be truth for her.
0: I really, like I said, I applaud you, and I, you know, this is why social media is so wonderful, because we were always able to stay connected, and I saw your post about the 12th anniversary of the book being released and messaged you and was like, would you like to come on the show Wednesday? And you said, absolutely. So yes, I, and I appreciate for that. it. I really do. <laughs> I, well, I really, I do too, because, again, I grew up with her. And I thought she was so lovely, and I was somebody that her death it mattered to me. It It really did
1: too. It truly did.
0: And and so, again, you know, thank you for trying to make sure that justice for her is served.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me on today.
0: It has absolutely been my pleasure. And, Teresa, thank you for calling in
1: and sharing
0: your thoughts. And as we close out, I want to say thank you to all of our listeners. And we're going to finish up with our fabulous theme song from Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers. And so till next time, this is Dori DiCarlo saying go out and create a marvelous you. Bye for now.
4: She is sure, she is is strong, she is strong.